I'm in Mexico, the northern part. You're I'm in, actually right at the border. Okay. <laughs> so you're so you're in the high desert. Yeah. So you're gonna melt. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh jeez. Well, we'll start, and if it gets too bad, we'll just stop and we'll pick it up next time. Okay. Sounds good. Because I don't want people to melt. No. No, it's okay. I have. I stole somebody's fan. My brother's. Okay. I, I at least have a little fan on. <laughs> Yeah, so, my little fan is across the room. Yeah. I have heat too, but I don't have heat like you, but I have humidity. Yeah, here it's been really humid too because it's been raining for weeks now since the hurricane. Yeah. The dog's asleep and snoring into my leg. That's good. We've got mm-hmm. a bit of a hum going, but I think it'll be okay because it's real steady. We'll just pull it out. Well, here, let's see. Did it go away? No, it's rayus. That's right. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to turn my fan the back fan. on. I'll melt. Yeah. It's okay. It's like Ryan said, it's just better to not have people melt and we'll deal with the noise. So, are we ready? Go for it. I think so. In this episode, we feature typically Pugwainian on-topic discussion. Not only entertaining, but educational as well. <laughs> I can touch my toes to the faucet. I can turn on the sink with my feet. It's like the Manhattan Project. Don't take offense to this, guys. You guys are the most dysfunctional people. No, they're not! <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Part of it we please. Where the story ends. Welcome to episode 128 of Potterfic Weekly. I'm Sue. I'm Kelly. I'm Abby, also known as Lady Rue. And we are just getting ready to start a new story called Points of No Return. And it is written by Knight Zephyr. And it is on the Sugar Quill. We will have a link up in our show notes. And it is a Ron and Hermione fic. This is actually one of the first couple ones that I ever read. When I first got into Potter fandom, I was actually a Ron Hermione shipper. So I was looking for fic that had that ship in it. And this was one of the first ones I found. And I thought it was pretty good. I think I started to read this a long time ago, but I can't remember if I ever finished it. I was like you, Kelly. I started reading Ron and Hermione. So every time I read read another Ron and Hermione, I get really nostalgic because those were my very first years of being in the fandom. That's all I read, Ron and Hermione. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with Ron Hermione ship. I mean, yeah. Oh, no, not at all. So this is, it's been around a long time. It yeah, was, this is one of those that has been around a while. Yeah, it was uh, last updated in June of 2003. This was written before Order of the Phoenix came out. But then a lot of stuff was written before Order of the Phoenix came out because it took so long for that book to hit the shelves. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So is this a work in progress? Oh, no, this is, uh, it is completed, okay. but yeah. it was completed in June. June of 03, which was over seven years ago. Wow. Okay. So. I, 
I've only got as far as chapter 14 because... Oh, yeah, it's complete. This where is, my stuff This died. is a, a 33 chapter fic. We're going to be doing them in like groups of seven. Yeah, I think it's a so. four week. Yeah. Nope. yeah, today is Five. one through seven. Yeah, one through seven. We don't have a couple people today. Uh, people are on vacation. <laughs> it's and the middle of summer. It's uh, Trisha's birthday, so she went out to dinner. Oh. She said and she'd try to drop in when she got back. And she'll hear this when it's now time for her six-month birthday between birthdays. (laughs) Happy birthday, Trisha. Happy birthday. Oh, dear. (laughs) So uh, the author starts out with a dedication. This story is dedicated to all those Ron Weasleys who have passed through my classroom over the years. While poor in financial terms, they are rich in spirit and personality, always caring and loyal, and more than willing to share whatever little they have. Each one brings his own special gift, just that some get their gift open later rather than sooner. May all their gifts one day take them past the point of no return, where they never have have to fall back and face the anguish of being uncertain about their place in the world again. Oh, that and, is uh, so nice. I love it. This is really good because this is one of those Ron understands part of why he's here kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better term. A lot of times you see Ron and Hermione and it's Ron and Hermione, right. you know, this the backdrop, is... oil for Harry. Mm-hmm. This yeah. one is one of those. No, I can see that already. Yeah, I just love, these are my favorite things, the, the fix where Ron becomes his own person and he realizes his own worth as a person and as part of the trio I mean these at least to me these are the best six because it's a journey that he takes and that the author takes us through and it's just amazing and I hope everyone in their lives has met at least one Ron Weasley because I have met a couple and they are really the most amazing people people who make something of themselves yes by themselves yeah so we start off in divination class and as per usual, it's dark and warm. And sleepy. And sleepy. Everybody's <laughs> sleepy. And uh, he's nodding off. Harry's already asleep with his head on a pile of books, so it looks like he's not asleep. And mm-hmm. Professor Trelawney's wandering closer and closer to them. So Ron has to wake Harry up without letting anybody know that he's been asleep. I think it's great if you fall asleep, because you can just wake up and say that you were in a trance and invent something like they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See, they didn't think of that. That would have been perfect. Exactly. To just do like the raspy boys and, you know, you just made a prophecy. And then, you know, Trelawney will love you for the rest of the year. Yeah, you get an A in her class. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, boy. I always thought it was fun that when you look back, at when they were making up their, you know, this is what happens to be their dream uh, journals. Their dream journal. A lot of the stuff really did happen. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, you know, it's like Ron's line in the book. You're going to be miserable, but you're going to be happy about it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) You're going to be miserable, but you're going to be happy. You should be happy about it. You know, I really like this line. You know, Harry says, wow, it's really bad in here today. And Ron says, yeah, I can't even keep my first two eyes open, much less another. Oh, that is Third eye. I thought that was great. I also thought it was... um, it was interesting point that the author made that because of the return of Voldemort, now people are turning to divination. It's having like these rebirths as a topic or as a science, I suppose, in a way. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see because, yeah, during those kinds of times, you know, during wars or right now, you know, with uh, the way the economy is, like people turn to 
you know, um, superstitions or, you know, when something bad happens, you know, everybody says it's a prophecy and the world is ending. I mean, it's true. People <laughs> turn to those things and try to make oh, sense of, of stuff like that, you know, and of course, you know, people, there are people who believe them otherwise, you know, what do they do it for? But right. Oh, why? So well, yeah, everybody, there was an earthquake in, uh, where was it? D.C.? Outside of D.C.? Well, I should say P.S. fell to earthquake not too long ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, in Massachusetts. And somebody was like, oh, yes, this is God telling us that he doesn't like it. It was like, you know, if he was going to tell us this stuff, he'd probably wait for Congress to be in session when all everybody was in <laughs> D.C. Not wait till they're done. <laughs> Just a oh, thought. You're no fun. <laughs> I know. I'm such a party pooper. You are. But. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So Ron's trying valiantly, valiantly to stay awake again. And he's thinking to himself, I'm staying awake. I'm staying awake. I'm staying awake. And he's like, oh, wait, it's working. The room seems lighter all of a sudden. And, and it's, it's not so hot anymore. It's not so hot anymore. And then he has this thought, you know, he's like, what, parchment, test? Oh, no, I didn't study. And basically, it just goes on, and he's in Ginny's mind. And Ginny's, Ginny's mind, yeah. yeah. He's she's in potions, and instead of studying last night, she played exploding snap with Neville, and she forgot all about studying, and so she's terrified whatever her parents are going to say if she fails out of potions. And he's hearing all of this, right? And he's totally confused. And as I listen to this on the text reader, and it doesn't tell me when things are in italics, I was slightly confused. <laughs> but, Even when it is in italics, it's slightly confusing. Like, but it's too bad uh, that you can't tell the tell the text reader to change, like to make it a different tone to, of voice. Either yeah. that, or make it an echo voice. Mm-hmm. Do you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, because that would make a whole lot more sense. <laughs> Yeah. Because you, you're you listening into what Jeannie is thinking, and then you have what Ron is thinking. Right. So. Yeah. So, yeah, you're hearing Ginny, and then what Ron's thinking has a little asterisk next to it. So when you're reading it, it's pretty easy to figure out who's saying what and stuff like that. But I don't get asterisks either in my text reader. You'll notice that Ron could hear Ginny. Mm-hmm. But Ginny couldn't hear Ron. Right. Which is good. <laughs> and, yeah. And Ron's really funny because he still doesn't quite know what's going on. And he's, and Snape walks over and says, Miss Weasley. And he's like, yeah, come on, Snape. Mm-hmm. Nobody calls me Miss. And uh, Snape's caught her with her notes trying to figure out what she's doing. And at the same time, Professor Trinali's like, Mr. Weasley, Mr. Weasley. And Ron's eyes pop open and his body sort of unfolds and then. All heck breaks loose. Yeah, he kind of destroys the classroom. <laughs> does. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and he does this huge thing, and he ends up breaking a crystal ball. And not right. one of their crystal balls, Lavender and Parvati's crystal ball, which is very bad because they love divination. Of course, they were paying attention. So right. I'm well, sure they're... Ron just messed with their third eye. So. Aren't they like, they love Professor Trelawney anyway, so. Yeah. Here's her class pets, but they destroyed Ball. Oh, no. Yes, and now he's got to clean it up, but he's not allowed to use magic. So he's got to get the dustpan and everything, and then they just kind of giggle at him. (laughs) 
Oh, and we have to pay attention because Lavender chose that moment to curtly cross her legs and adjust her robes accidentally on purpose, brushing her ankle momentarily along Ron's arm. Yeah. Mm. So Lavender wants a little something with Ron. Ah, so. uh, yeah, Lavender's just kind of like... Giggle, giggle, giggle. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Hi, I love him. Girls, I'll never understand them. <laughs> and you never will. Mm-hmm. So then we cut. Now, see, I don't, I'm surprised though, because I'm surprised Trelawney didn't ask him, you know, what did you see with your inner eye? But no, she didn't. Well, because apparently the implication is that because Divination is having a revert, she's getting really serious about it. So, you know, she was ever going to listen to him because either she wants to make a prophecy or one of her students to become a great seer. And then, of course, she gets the credit because she taught them. So Of course. She's becoming very competitive. I just thought it was interesting that she didn't immediately assume that the reason that he wasn't paying attention to her was because he was in a trance. Yeah. Which is actually what he was. Right. <laughs> in a trance. <laughs> but he wouldn't have said anything to her at this point because he doesn't know what's going on. Right. But she jumps to conclusions like that. I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah she's I'm just that. surprised. Yeah. It's true. So. so then we jump in there waiting for Hermione, Hermione. to get out of arithmetic and she's like 20 minutes late. And the girls come down, Lavender and Hermione come down. They're like, oh, Ron again, you did such a nice job cleaning up divination class. Would you like to come clean our dorm room? And he's just like, yeah. <laughs> well, what are you going to say? You can insult them. They're girls, you know. They insult Malfoy, but they wouldn't insult Hermione. They say that he doesn't usually let them get one up on him, and this time does. And so Harry's a little worried about him, because normally he wouldn't have put up with that. He's also turning over in his mind what happened. He's trying to make right. sense of it. Do we ever figure out what year this was? I mean, Ron year is five. like, it's, it's year five. Okay. Cause Ron is like six feet tall at <laughs> 15 years old. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Why? and later we move on to the great hall and, um, he asked Ginny about his day, her day, I'm sorry. And that's when he realized that what he saw was actually what he saw through Ginny. Mm-hmm. He saw it through Ginny. So, yeah. And this exchange is so three years old. Yes. How was your day? Yuck. Oh, that good? Bet mine was worse. No, mine, no, was. mine was. No, mine, mine was. was. <laughs> no, mine was. No, mine was. And that on the text reader was hysterical. I'm just like, no, mine was. 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 It's really slow, though. So it was like, no, mine was. No, mine was. No, mine was. I'm like, all right, that's enough. You wanted to go in there and call a timeout, didn't you? I did. And, and I love this. She gives in first, and he looks at her and he goes, Okay, you gave in first. Yours must have been really worse. And she says that she got detention. And Ron just is like, You? You got detention? It's kind of like Hermione getting detention, you know? How could that be? Well, we didn't even. I'm surprised, though, because Ginny doesn't seem like the type to try to stay out of trouble either. No. I think she's just more careful about getting caught. I don't because, know. I mean, she's a Weasley. She's, you know, they're supposed to get detention. <laughs> well, the person that got detention, and Bill was apparently also a rule-abiding boy because he was a boy, so... Yeah, but that was, like, 20 years ago, too. Well, but still, I mean, I, I know they compare her a lot with friend George with her sassiness, but I just think she'd be more careful about getting caught. I have a tangent. The dog is sound asleep and her tail is waking. Poor <laughs> 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 Lil's. 
Uh-huh. Okay, back to the story. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So she got an attention. And, and of course, Fred and George were just, you know. So proud of her. Proud of her. Yeah. And she's like, what am I going to tell mom and dad? And Ron's like, well, you know, it's a first offense. Don't worry about it. Exactly. So. And so he's now he's going, you know, but I wasn't there. I pulled my hair. What? Huh? I'm so confused. Yeah. So he thought it was a dream and, and it wasn't a dream. Turns out it wasn't. I'm still not sure where this is going. I don't know if it's a vision or I don't know if he, him and Ginny are going to have like a connection in their heads or something. And their super soulmate powers activate. But if it is a vision and Braun is going to turn out to be a seer, which is my prediction, um, I hope I'm not having a pansy is a garden gnome moment. But <laughs> you hope you're not uh, having what? A pansy is a garden gnome moment. moment. <laughs> we'll just call her Ryan. It's okay. Is that your way of saying that, that um, Pansy is going to be miniaturized and thrown off the hour? <laughs> I actually, I, I like your theory, and I think Aspen is going to like it, too. I'll give you that, or you can just say, Edgecom. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I Trisha's love here in spirit. Yay. I love you, Trisha. Um, <laughs> well, um, if it is a vision, I find it interesting that it's real-time visions. Mm-hmm. Because the only other time I've ever read Seer Ron is on the Lavender Brown series. Mm-hmm. And in there he can see in the future. Right. So I find it interesting that it's real time. I mean, it seems to be happening at the same time. Yeah, so I don't know that it's so much of a vision as in... How do I describe this? It's, it is a vision. It's just that he is, at that point, basically inhabiting Ginny's body. No, it's like mind walking almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or telepathy. You... It's not telekinetics, but telepathy. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when we switch chapters, we switch people entirely. Yes. And we meet a 17 year old girl who is named Valeria. 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 Yeah, Valeria has a lot of issues. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call them demons. Yeah. Yeah. And she's. You know, Spanish. Spanish. Yes. For not quite homeless, but as she close moves to being constantly. homeless yeah, as you can be. And she lives with her grandmother. And we've just we're finding out that she's in a new town and she's trying to make new friends. And she's made friends with Susanna, or actually Susanna's made friends with her. Mm-hmm. And they're going to the movies. And uh, I like Susanna. She's like, okay, this is Valeria. She's not the new girl anymore. Let's call her by her right name. And she's not good enough at reading people to figure out if Susanna's really that nice or if she's just trying to find out about the girl. Well, from what we've seen, she doesn't have that much experience socially, so it makes sense that she wouldn't be good at reading people. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, because they barely stay in one place for very long before they get asked to. Yeah. You look at this, and it's like, she's she's got dizzy spells. Mm-hmm. And at first, you don't know if she's uh, just got... If she's demophobic, which is a fear of crowds that manifest, can manifest itself with, you know, increased heart rate and dizziness, dizziness and, you know, nausea and things like that. So you're not quite sure why she's got the dizziness. And we don't even know if she's a muggle or she's a witch. Right. But the way that she talks about, you know, going to the cinema, that's witches don't know what those are. Right. Yeah. That's true. And they went for a soda and then she starts to get dizzy again. But what this looks like, it's it almost looks like legilimens. Mm hmm. And what she's seeing is black hooded figures 
and she keeps seeing Harry, actually, the boy with the black hair with the scar. And she feels them. I know this was before the mentors, but I think of them as the mentors because she says um, that she feels depression, sadness, hopelessness. Oh, we uh, have we had dementors already at this yeah, point. Yeah. Oh, that's they true. Book three. Never mind. Never mind. Oh yeah. Yeah, they call them dementors. Yeah, she. Uh, this was prior to Order of the Phoenix, and we had dementors in prisoner. Mm-hmm. That's true. Never mind so, then. Yeah. So she's, you know, she's screaming at the top of her lungs. She thinks, you know, what do you want from me? Well, is she? Does she do this? In the little cafe booth? Yeah. And then she passes out. Right. Yeah. Okay. She just, she starts to feel dizzy and, you know. Screams at them and then, and then she mm-hmm. passes out in the cafe. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what had happened there. Mm-hmm. So she just passes out and then we assume that they get her home somehow. Because mm-hmm. the next thing is we're back at Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful October day. And, and Harry, Ron, and Hermione were strolling down the hill laughing and talking about how hard it would be to rent a perfect day like this. And it is bad when they say it's a perfect day because <laughs> inevitably something is going to happen and it's not going to be perfect anymore. Right, yeah. That's tempting fate right there. That's yes. bad. You always say it's. it was a nice day at the end of the day. <laughs> Otherwise, right. you jinx it. <laughs> And they have jinxed it. Well, yeah. we don't know that for yet. But they, uh, well, first of all, Draco's, you know, taunting him, taunting Ron and saying, Hey, Weasley, did your parents have to sell your house to pay for the crystal ball you broke? Oh, and I like this line um, about Malfoy. The day seemed to have put even Malfoy in a good mood, which for him meant he would spend it being particularly annoying. Yes. So Draco in a good mood is Draco annoying everyone else. Right. So, yeah, that's so funny. Oh, yeah, because, you know, that's, he gets, he has fun annoying everyone else. Yeah. That's what he lives for. Yep. And so they get to class, and Hagrid's got a pin full of, well, we're not really sure yet, but they kind of look like kangaroos, at least two of them. <laughs> and one of them's got a little baby in its pouch, and oh, the girls think it's so cute, and how sweet they are. Mm-hmm. And we find out that they're called Wallabindles. 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 I can't remember how the text reader said Wallabindles. Mm-hmm. Wallabindles. So that's Hermione's call to arms. She dumps the book bag on Ron and makes him hold it so she can dig through it and find the book about him so she can tell people what they're like. And he's standing there going, she's kind of cute and she smells good and this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and she's totally oblivious to the whole thing and, you know, bashes him in the face. Well, just barely, but anyhow, with the edge of the book. And he's still just kind of standing there with this goofy look on his face. Yeah. Oh, girls. <laughs> and we find out that the wallabindles are sort of, they're related to wallabies. They're like kangaroos. And they have very powerful legs so they can jump, but they also have tails that can grasp like a monkey's tail, and they're like anteaters with pointy noses and long tongues. They're really a very, you know, think, I'm sorry, but it always reminds me of, there's a song called Skull Crusher Mountain, and at one point in the song, the guy says, you know, I made this part monkey, part pony for you, and I thought all I can think of, like, <laughs> let's just you know, mix all these parts together and throw them together and say, here, here's an animal. 
like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You have to kind of wonder if they're not from Australia. Yeah. No, I'm sure That's they're That's what I wondered, too. They seem like an Australian animal. Yeah. Well, if they're related to kangaroos and to the wallabies, I... I'm surprised they didn't have koala features, too. They climb trees, you know. Mm-hmm. They have koala ears. Oh, they sure. have koala ears? Is that what it is? No, I'm kidding. I'm just saying oh. they should have it. <laughs> So, and they also can roll themselves up into little balls, which I just think is hysterical. So these great big animals roll themselves into these little quaffle-sized balls and lay motionless. And then if they need to move, they just stick out an appendage and kind of shove each other, you know, shove themselves around. And that's how they move around, apparently, because they don't seem to hop. In a few minutes, we're going to have this huge fight, this big chasing fight thing. And it's and they roll around, and then they pop up and fight, kick each other, and then they roll back into a ball, and they roll around some more instead of just chasing each other, hopping, which I got a really kick out of. It's very odd. They're an odd creature, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And the mama with the baby sits the baby down. Well, first of all, Hagrid says, we've got to catch them before they get all stirred up. And so they all go in with cages, and... There's a fight that breaks out next to the mama, or there's a male that's attacking the mama, and Hermione goes over there to save the baby, and the mama ends up putting the baby down and chasing after the big male, at which point the baby gets frightened and embeds itself in Ron's back. Because it was the only thing colored as, you know, any remotely wallabindle colored. It was right. weasley hair. Mm-hmm. So they're apparently a reddish-orange color, which is kind of fun. And this little baby claws his way onto Ron's back. Yeah. And <laughs> with, what is it, 18, 16? I can't remember now. 16 razor-sharp claws. Ow. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I want clanging onto my back. Thank you very much. Have you ever had a cat do that to you? Just jump on your back and claw? God, it's awful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had it happen. That's why I'm saying it's painful. Alex has figured out that that's a good way to get me to do things. <laughs> so he'll come in at, at night, and if he, you know, I feed him, I do whatever, but if I always forget something that he wants, and he'll just come over and rear up on my leg and just dig in to get my attention. Like, what? Stop! You know, and smack mm-hmm. him, because I don't want to reward him for doing this behavior. So, yes, I kind of know what Ron's going through, but not. Oh, four feet. I only usually get two. Oh, we have to talk also about Draco getting kicked into a pile of wallabindle dung, too. Well, (laughs) he deserved that so much. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I was surprised that he was even in there trying to help. Uh, Well, I think Hagrid said everybody has to. Yeah. I think they were just, like, pointing and laughing, and then suddenly they realized. Because I don't think he grabbed Kate. No, that's true. So he wasn't helping. He was just kind of directing Crab and Goyle, I think. That well, that's surprise me. I was going to say that's a big shock. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Hermione finally gently pries the baby off of his back. Um, Hagrid gets into trouble and needs help, so Harry goes over to help him and leaves the two of them alone. Right. And I and I like this part because Ron's just like, get it off, get it off, and he's failing around, and Hermione's like, stop, you're scaring him. And he's like, scaring him? He's ripping my skin off my back. And then, so she finally calms them both down. Poor little thing. <laughs> and then the male comes back and pops up in front of her again and frightens the baby again, and he latches on to Ron's front this time. Yes. But not quite as bad. Right. And Hermione is still stuck in between, well, her arm is stuck between the Wallabindle and Ron. Yeah, it's got a hold of her. 
it's got a death rubric on her arm, so she can't go anywhere either. So yeah, so the three of them are kind of intertwined. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, this is fun. <laughs> More like awkward. Yeah. <laughs> they attempt to get themselves over to a, a rock so that he can kind of lean and support the baby because the baby's just clinging on. And uh, they're kind of off. They, they end up, the three of them together, all huddled together with Ron, with his arm around Ginny's, or Ginny's, or his arm around Hermione's shoulders <laughs> and just cuddling this little baby. And I can just see it. I bet it's the cutest thing. Yeah, well, you know, when it's got claws stuck into you. Yeah, I'm not going to move. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I figure it's like the cat from Shrek, you know, who has, like, who has a sword and everything. And then he turns those, like, big eyes on you. And you just go, like, aww. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. The last movie I saw was Shrek 3. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where, yeah, it was Shrek 3. And Donkey and, uh cat puss boots were switched oh no and then when you say oh yeah all the cat does you know give those big eyes and it's like yeah well donkey tried it and they were like (laughs) (laughs) oh poor donkey so while they're standing together ron's starting to uh realize that hermione is (gasps) a girl Shh, don't say anything. Uh, no, this is a big secret. And he's not quite sure what to do. No. And so what does he do? He picks a fight because he knows what to do with her when he's fighting. Sure. And it's, it's like foreplay. Yeah. Well, you know, he just has to have this, like, smart-ass comment, and that's all it takes to put Hermione on the defensive, so. Yeah, well. Oh, you can't blame her. Well, no. But this is what happens when Ron starts to realize that Hermione's girl, or mm-hmm. when he starts to have, like, a tender moment with her. He will realize it, and he will go, what am I doing? And he will make some smart-ass comment that's going to get him in the doghouse. So. Right. So they're pretty much just stuck there together. That's because he's a boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And when they're stuck together, he starts going, huh, this is kind of nice. It's not so bad, which just make me giggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they finally catch all the critters and turn around. And the first thing that Harry sees is the two of them standing there with Ron's arm holding the water, the baby Wallabindle in one arm and the other wrapped around Hermione. And she's kind of leaning against his side and her arm circling his waist. And it looks like they're just out together enjoying a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, okay, uh, how do I let them know that we see them, you know, without having everybody know what's going on? Yeah, well, everybody kind of knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and um, finally, they managed to get everyone in. The mom finally goes up to the baby, and the baby, of course, jumps from Ron to the pouch. And the mama is just so grateful that she likes Ron all over his face, which is <laughs> gross. I figure it's like fluffy. Yeah. yeah. With, the, with that big ball of spit. <laughs> well, she's got a long, sticky tongue. Yeah. yeah. Yuck. It's got slime on it. And then the baby one gets you too. <laughs> and it's purple and o- orange. Oh, no, that's his back. Purple and orange. No. Orange, orange is the saliva, I guess. Yeah. But he's got purple and orange goo on the claw marks on his back yeah. too so yeah. time to go to everyone's favorite place in the whole wide world the, the hospital wing <laughs> because we don't know that place of the castle at all we've no, never, never been there not that you know harry doesn't have his own bed in the hospital wing but 
I think they should just rename it Harry Potter Wing. (laughs) Harry Potter Wing. (laughs) That's good. I think it's funny that they talk about the the scratches have powerful bacterial properties. I'm thinking they know about bacteria. (laughs) Yeah, she says I can heal this really quick, but if I heal it, it's going to be infected because of all the bacteria. And there's um, you know, I tout arnica to anybody who'll listen. When there's a bruise or something like that. And that's one of the things you have to be really careful with with Arnica is you can't put it on an open wound because it'll heal the top layer of skin and trap the infection underneath it and cause a lot of trouble. So it's okay to use on closed wounds and bruises and joints and things, but you have to be really careful with it. And that's the same kind of thing here. That's what the teachers always gave to the boys like or anyone if they fell on the playground when we were younger. They would just go, like, rub some arnica on it. But it was a... Um, well, when um, I was up, it was called mercalicate, which is iodine. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it would burn because it's, you know, mostly alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would sting, yeah. And people would scream because it would hurt. You knew that somebody had been home to be slathered with mercalicate because they had big red flotches all over them. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow uh, stuff, yeah. Yeah, except stuff hurt. So he's in the hospital ring, laying on his stomach with his back up to the air, and here come Fred and George. And George has his arms wrapped around Fred and is dragging him over to the bedside, and they look at him expectantly, and I was like, okay, what? I'll bite. What? <laughs> and they're like, well, I got hurt, and I needed some help, and there weren't any females. <laughs> and Ron's just rolling his eyes. Hermione's near the wall, and she just sneers at him. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine the look that she gave him. Mm-hmm. Just if looks could, could kill, you know, one of those kinds of looks. Hey, it's better than lav lav. That's true. One <laughs> one. One one. So I thought it was really cool that Madame Pomfrey said that they could stay while she mixed up the potion, and then they would have to leave because usually she's shooing them out immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just as she comes over to put this steaming medicine on his back the door opens and here come the hufflepuffs with uh ernie mcmillan who oops was practicing his homework while eating never 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 do that (laughs) and said shocks instead of socks and has now ended up with shocking socks on his feet (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i didn't know they had electricity there either Well, maybe there's like static shocks. Yeah, there you yeah, go. That's how I make sure. He has but... non-removable wool socks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, I think, dude, was he? Did he take his shoes off to practice a spell? This is just weird. I mean, I figure him with like a foot on top of the table, you know, you know, pointing his wand to the sock. I don't know. It was a re- weird visual when I try to picture. Yeah, I can see that. Guess so- it's a good thing you didn't electrocute his pants. I mean. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> you know, then we'd be more highly rated than we are now. We don't want to be there. Shocking. Ooh. <laughs> yes. It gives a whole new meaning to the word shocking. Yeah, that would be a real pain in the ass. Um done. <laughs> So now he's gazing over at Hermione, who has stayed there to help put the... Well, yeah, Madame Pomfrey said, somebody needs to do this and hands it to Fred, who's like, uh, nope, I'm not touching you. Who hands it to Ginny, who hands it to George, who hands it to Harry, who's like, uh, here, Hermione. (laughs) And they all disappear and leave her Uh, holding the bag, so to speak. (laughs) 
Yes, but now she's got that whole aura of fairy lights too. Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, Ron's starting to fall over here. We can tell. Yeah, and she puts a little on his back and she's like, oh, you can't understand how good that feels. <laughs> And he once again goes into a stupor, and in this stupor, he has another vision. Right. Only this time, it's Draco trying to corner Ginny in the library stacks. Well, he's still right. in Ginny's mind. Yeah. But Malfoy is, um, yeah, he, I guess he's trying to be smooth and failing at it. Well, he's, yeah, he's thinking himself smooth, but yeah. And, you know, I like what she says about, you know, I thought you didn't want me because of... Well, no, she's a purebred. No, because she was poor. Oh, okay. She's a Weasley. It's a difference. She was, I thought you had a problem with poor girls, as you call me, Malfoy. And Mm -hmm. the answer is not anymore. Maybe they don't don't have to care as much about their reputations. Uh So she's being horribly slimy. Oh, yeah. And then he's breathing on her neck. And one's like, ooh, that's disgusting. Now, tell me if my timeline is off here. This is prior to Order the Phoenix, after Goblet. And you remember that we went through a period of time where it was Ginny Weasley, the school tart. Right, yeah. But I, I want to say that was in Order of the Phoenix or Half-Blood Prince. Well, in Order of the Phoenix, we find out that she's dating Michael Corner. And That's right. By, by the end of the year, we find out she's with Dean now. I right. Think. And then so she's starting year, to, yeah. It's okay. when, we have, when we hear the conversation with Blaze where mm-hmm. they talk about that she's really attractive and she's one of the prettiest girls at Hogwarts and all that kind of stuff. Right. So. This was before that then. Right. And, yeah. But it's that whole, you don't have to worry about your reputation since you don't have any status in society anyway. Right. Well, yeah. And you know, that's the, what Draco is. Well, if we try to think of pure black society as a sort of Victorian era sort of thing, you mm-hmm. know, people with no money, you know, especially girls with no money, they either have to marry well or, you know, they would have to be somebody's mistress. Right. Because they don't have a dowry to offer the husband to be. Mm-hmm. Right. So, Obviously, you know, they have to use their charms, in a matter of speaking, to... Yeah, but she's she's 14 years old. Yeah, right. I know. So I charms know. at 14? Come on, Draco. Jeez. Yeah. I know. I, but I mean, <laughs> when you, if you try to think of uh, pure black society as, like I said, as a Victorian era sort of thing, mm-hmm. then that's what happens. I mean, people with no money have no status. And we've always heard that the department where Mr. Weasley works is not a position to aspire or that's ever going to move forward. So they're kind of stuck there. Right. Right. So, and I like Ron's like, um, where is everybody? She's, I'm, I'm scared. Wait a minute. And he's figuring out what's going on. And then the other thing is he's realizing that there's an evil there as well. And it's more than what Malfoy is. Mm -hmm. So he's cottoning on to other things. Mm -hmm. And, so, and Ginny, she knows what she's doing. You know, she's held her own in that family of boys all these years. Right. You can't tell me that she doesn't know a few tricks to get away from a boy. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, and so, these, these work really well. Yeah, and so do elbows. Mm-hmm. Straight back to the ribs, and now. And, of course, Ron's living this, and so he's 
you know, says it at the same time and yells now and jumps up on his knees and knocks the pot out of Hermione's hands and pretty much just scares her to death because she has no idea what's going on. And he has no idea what he's done because he's still back in the library with Ginny. Right. And um, Hermione obviously doesn't know what's going on and she's already pretty pissed. So by the time when Ron knows this, she just goes, you great, stupid prat, Ron Weasley. See if I ever try to help you again. And she storms out and she makes her exit from stage left. Yeah, he's still not sure what's happened at all. And then, of course, gets in trouble with Madame Pomfrey because now he's ruined the salve that's supposed to go on his back. Mm Mm-hmm. It's all over the floor. Steaming, bubbling. <laughs> it just sounds right. awful. <laughs> well, it's reacting well, to the moisture on the floor. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, well, Ma- Madam Prophet said that it has to be used before it stops smoking. Right. Okay. Right. So he finally gets uh, settled back down again, but now he's in horrible pain and he just doesn't know what to do. And mm-hmm. he's f- afraid that he's in trouble with Hermione again. Right. And he needs to talk to Jenny because he needs to say, he find out what happened to her. Yeah, what's going on with Draco. So then we go to the next chapter, and we're back with Valeria. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Valeria is getting ready to go to school. Yep. And she's thinking about her blackouts. She calls them muertos, which yeah. means the dead ones. Yeah. Yes. And Because um, she, she doesn't know what they are. And I have this comment on the next couple of chapters, but I guess I'll make it now, mm-hmm. which is that as a muggle, being around the mentors must be so awful because at least when you're a wizard, you can't see them. You can't see them physically, you know, yeah. floating around you. But, and I imagine Dudley, or in this case, Valeria, who doesn't know what's going on and she just feels like this awful depression and loneliness and all those horrible feelings, you know, crushing down her. It has to be awful. Yeah. And she does things during these blackouts that she doesn't remember. So Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, awful. Mm -hmm. Well, she's she's seeing the... uh, I thought it was interesting that she keeps seeing the dark mark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think it's here. I actually did not get at least the beginning of this chapter when I copied stuff, because I have not seen this part before. Ah. But doesn't the dark mark appear on her body every time she blacks out? Um, It's drawn on somehow. I don't remember. Yeah, I think we'll see that in a little Hold bit. Hold on. I have it open. Oh, yeah. It says, in full consciousness, she would find herself drawing the skull with the snake. Oh, yeah. Doodling mindlessly until she realized with horror what she had drawn. Right. But that's when she's doodling. That's not when, during the blackout. Oh, right. that's true. But she sees it when she has the visions or when she has her blackouts. Right. And then she finds herself, you know, doodling in the middle of the day. And she doesn't even know that she's doodling until she looks at it. Mm-hmm. Right. So, well, she's trying to figure out why the dead ones want Harry, mm-hmm. want this boy with the black hair with the scar, mm-hmm. and just, she's not sure if he's even a real person. She's thinking she maybe maybe she's imagining it. Yeah, I mean, I just this is really it's, it's angsty. Oh, sure, I feel sorry for her. Yeah. yeah, and we have a moment where she goes back to school and she sees her friends, or what she hoped were going to be her friends, and they just turn their back on her. Mm-hmm. Right, because she has an episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, in the cafe. In the cafe. So they don't, she says that they, they don't appear to fear her. They just loathe her. And now well, kids, kids can be cruel. Even 17-year-old kids can mm-hmm. be real. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they can. So she basically goes home and breaks down on the floor. And her grandmother pulls her up on the couch and kind of waits until she calms down and tells her about her parents. 
and what exactly happened when they died. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, before she tells the story, we have a little bit of a change in POV mm-hmm. uh, to her grandmother. And her grandmother talks about how the fear that she experienced and all the reject that she experiences should have made Valeria bitter, vengeful, or rebellious, and yet she was not, which is what we always compare uh, when those comparisons with Harry and Voldemort come. You know, they had very similar experiences, but one of them became this bitter, horrible person, and the other one, you know, it's just, it's kind, and it's forgiving, and it's... Uh, strength. Yeah, different types of strengths. I just like that comparison. It's nice. And that's when she talks about her parents and how they died in reality because I guess she got told a fake story. Or she got told, she she says that there's a part she always hoped she would never have to tell her. Mm -hmm. So she told her part of the story, but not the whole story. Mm -hmm. And so they were there for the running of the bulls. And Valeria was only two years old, so she and and Grandma were together inside the hotel room while their parents were out on the balcony to watch. And basically... Some strange people were on another balcony. Strange people, foreigners with long robes of dark colors. So we understand they're going to wizards. Mm -hmm. And they have an object in their hand. So the people come after the people with the objects. More wizards come. And there's a wand fight, basically a firefight with the wand. And it literally starts a fire. Yes. Mm -hmm. But what kind of wand fight? They, They were throwing AKs at each other. Yeah. Because it's the green flames. Yeah. Bright green flashes. And the crowd is running by because of the bulls. Mm-hmm. And the people that have come for this object that the first people have start the, the wand fight. But the object is reflecting or ricocheting the spells off of it. And one of them hits the balcony where her parents are. And they're not paying any attention because they're looking down to see the bulls. And it pretty much just, you know, blows up the balcony. Right. Yeah. And... It topples off of the side of the hotel, and that was the end of it. And she was kind of drawn to the edge of the balcony, I think, the toddler. Mm -hmm. And as that happened... A long green stream of light and sparks bounced from somewhere right into her face. Right. And the light went into her eyes, and she cried out. And that was it. Mm-hmm. But it was a, uh, it must have been a reflected AK off the orb because yeah. it didn't kill her. Right. Yeah, but it says here that she noticed something different in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, yeah. dun. And now she's, you know, and she tells her that she's sure that part of the light for the man's stick is trapped inside of her. And that must be what haunts her. Now. And mm-hmm. Valeria sits there and she thinks that she's living proof that lightning strikes twice in the same place because you know now she's got but to make this really tough decision yeah and she knew what she had to do and i think that she realized from early on that you know these visions were leading her to harry but i guess she didn't want to listen to them because she didn't know what it was but now that she knows what happened to her parents what really happened to her parents you know she makes this decision right yeah and this, and this is a very nasty chapter so 
Yeah, I was sorry I missed the first part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought it was weird that it came in right in the middle, but I never thought to go back and check. Well, do you, it. Do you do like Ryan and just squint so you can't see anything? Yeah, no, usually I have a, an inkling on what's happening at the very last <laughs> words or phrases of the chapter. Yeah. So, but And I always start it from the top and go down to the bottom, but at mm-hmm. one of these, something happened and I had to go from the bottom to the top, and that's what happened. I only got halfway up, and I missed the top half. Excuses, excuses. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad. So we're on to chapter five. And Ron's and excited. Back at Hogwarts. Because Dad got a hold of, what is it, five tickets? Not one, not two, not three, but, but five. Five. <laughs> tickets to go see the Chutley Cans. Whoa! Can you just see him? He is flying. I know. Bouncing off the walls. He's like in Kez's fic, you know, where the Billy Wig or whatever it is gets a hold of him and he floats <laughs> for the day or two. You know that's where yeah. he is right now. He's just floating. And it's on his birthday, too. Which right. Is great. Yeah, they timed it really well. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's funny that they're out practicing during a thunderstorm. Yeah. And they're trying to have a conversation mid-air. Yeah, while they're practicing. It's like, guys, can you wait? It's like, your trying to come, it's like trying to have a conversation with the guy in the car next to you. Right. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. <laughs> but he is so excited that he's, like, spot on, and they can't get anything past him, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Until Mother Nature helps out and kind of knocks him off his room or almost knocks him off his room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, that's not fair. Yeah, exactly. And then a bolt of lightning kisses through there and explodes a tree, and they're like, hmm, maybe we should go in. Yeah. This could be dangerous. Good idea. <laughs> I'm surprised Harry hasn't been struck by lightning yet, because you know she's like, that was our lightning rod. <laughs> And now they're in the the main entrance, and they're dripping all over the place and causing a mess. And we know Mr. Filch will be here soon because Mrs. Norris has caught them. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well if know. I was if I was Filch, I would be pissed too. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, I just I just have one thing. This is a big drafty leaky castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. Filch is so funny. Mm-hmm. There's guests coming. You've made it slippery. The floor is dangerous for our guests. Isn't that so, Mrs. Norris? And McGonagall comes down and she's like, what's going on? Haven't the guests arrived? Shouldn't you clean up this mess? And he's like, well, they did it. (laughs) Can you just picture him pointing at them? They did it. But they get out of it because they were practicing Quidditch. We all know that McGonagall's got a soft spot for that Quidditch. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I and she's like, Filch, you need to clean this up. But I was thinking it would take her three seconds to wave her wand and clean up the floor. And he's <laughs> going to have to go find the mop and stomp on back. And, Do you, you think know, McGonagall likes Filch enough to want to help? No. It's no. I'm sorry. It's Filch's job. He should do it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the help of Puffs would have helped now. Nah. <laughs> Nobody likes Filch. I know. So they get out of it and head back up to the room, but they've decided that they better be on their best behavior the next few days, because if not, and Filch gets a hold of them, they're going to be dead meat. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we're back up in Trelawney's classroom. After they win against Ravenclaw. Yes. Of course. 
Yeah. And they have a party that lasts yeah. all night. And I love it. The fat lady complains that the music is shaking her portrait. Mm-hmm. Poor fat lady. You think she'd just go down to her friend's house and say, oh, no. That would be the whole thing of what's the, uh, the, uh, darn kids, stay off my grass. Mm-hmm. The old man syndrome. Yeah, well, you know. So. And we found out that they send Percy to Crane. Percy may not be speaking to the family, but Penelope is. And she lets yeah. him know every once in a while what's going on, which I think is fun. Which she predicted very well because this was before Order of Phoenix, right? And we know that Percy disagreed with their decision to support Harry, but we didn't know, you know, we didn't get the letter that was, you know, that told Ron that to cut ties with Harry yet. So mm-hmm. I think she predicted that quite well, that there was going to be a rift between the Weasleys. Yeah, well, they're, you know, it's well known in the magical world, split into two camps, those who believe Fudge and those who believe Dumbledore. So, yeah, that was pretty obvious that you knew that was coming mm-hmm. yeah you know it's that whole I, I don't i'm not gonna listen to you i don't believe you i don't want to believe you <laughs> yeah. i'll be scared if i'm gonna believe you you know that whole thing the yeah. denial if i, I bury right. my head in the sand it didn't really happen right yeah or if i bury my head in the sand you can't see me no, 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 no. Exactly. If so, you don't talk about it, it didn't happen. So. Right. Yeah. So they're sending him to the Ukraine so that he can prove to everyone that you know who isn't really back. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like that to work. Mm-hmm. So they're up in the classroom and they're learning astrology. And they're, you know, Ron's like, well, at least we can stay awake, maybe. <laughs> and they're working on their star charts that are you know, with their birth dates and all this stuff. Here she comes. And of course, that Harry's like, oh no, here she comes. She's going to tell me I'm going to die. Because that's what she always tells him. And sure yeah. enough, here she comes and she looks down and she's, oh, oh my dear, oh no. And Harry's just like, oh great, here it comes. Here we go again. Here we go again. And it's not Harry this time, it's Ron. And of course, she compares him to the muggle leader, Julius Caesar. Beware yeah. the Ides of March. Hello, me? Are you sure? Don't you mean Harry? It's always Harry. Right. <laughs> the rest of the class is just like, oh, well, it's just Harry. You're all of a sudden going, oh, wait, it's Ron? Maybe we better pay attention here. Uh, I would like a, an alliance from Harry there going, I'm not going to die then. I'm not going to die this year because every year he has to die. This kid right. has nine lives. If or at least seven. <laughs> at the very least seven. <laughs> I'm here. Really? <laughs> And Harry's worried Ron's going to panic, and Ron's kind of thinking about it, and he's like, well, if Harry can do this, I can do this. So he's trying really hard not to panic. Can we panic now? And he doesn't want Harry to tell Hermione, because he's... Hermione will panic. Yeah, (laughs) of her reaction. Harry's like, well, I won't tell her, but you know Lavender or Pravati are going to let her know. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he goes back in and he asks Trelawney, what happened to that Caesar fellow anyway? And she's like, oh, my dear, you don't know. Mm. Well, he was murdered during the Ides of March by his good friend Brutus. And Ron's just like pale as a ghost now. Oh, yeah, I think Harry's going to kill him. Yeah, it's good! Yeah. Woohoo! So. No way, no how. <laughs> so, we move on to... I'm, I'm trying... To the common room. I'm not sure. And they're working on their homework, but, well, Harry's working on his homework, and Ron's just kind of sitting there... Panicking. Staring <laughs> at nothing. Panicking. Yes, mm-hmm. we, we need that line, Can we panic now? Can we panic now? Yes. <laughs> As the spiders come down. And Ron has been flicking his go through his fingers, which is annoying when you're trying to work. It's like somebody clicking his pen yeah. next to you. It's just kind of tapping and bouncing. Oh, God. 
Harry's yes. like, give it a break. He's like, what? Huh? Huh? What? And so Ron decides to tell Harry what's going on. That he's having mm-hmm. these really weird episodes. Sure. Dreams, episodes, visions. And he, he can see he is Ginny, basically. And he's figured out that there's dementors there. Mm-hmm. And what's he going to do? Because he's just afraid that something's going to happen to her. And he's not going to be able to protect her because what's he know about dementors? Mm-hmm. And we find out that there's been a third vision where while they were at the party, she was all happy and everything. So he's not only getting her fear ones, but he's also getting her happy ones. Well, and I, the Dementors one, it was almost oh, that's not no. Ginny, that's somebody he doesn't know who's having Dementor problems, and right. we know who it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Ron, of course, doesn't know. Do you think the visions with Ginny may have something to do with strong emotions? Because I think it's basically, with Ginny, I think it's because it's his sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And strong emotions. I mean, I don't think that he'd pick up on her if she was just sitting there twiddling her thumbs doing nothing. It's no. He picks up on her with there's panic, mistake, yeah. <laughs> and then fear with Draco. Right. And happiness this last time. Right. Oh, and so Hermione comes in and she thinks they're talking about the Shrieking Shack. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's perfect. I'm supposed to check to see if I hear voices down here this late and report that I should have known it to be you two. And there goes again Ron sticking his foot in his mouth. And so are you going to report us then, little Miss Perfect? Yeah, Miss Prefect. Yeah. Prefect. Yeah. Prefect. And so she's just it's, like... It looks like Perfect, too. <laughs> yes. Perfect Prefect. Perfect Piercy. Percy. Piercy? Percy. Percy Piercy. Now you're getting me confused. Mm. Females, no. Ron said, and that goes double for female prefects. Yes. He yells it loudly so she can hear him. And Harry's like, uh, let's not make her mad, huh? <laughs> yeah. And let's not get you all riled up before bedtime either. That's no good. But they decide that they're going to go to the restricted section of the library and see if they can find some books on Dementors. Right. We oh, might need it in I... case we have to make a late checkout of the library tomorrow. You know, a.k.a. sneak in. <laughs> yep. Which, oddly enough, is what happens in the next scene. Right. And it's freezing cold in there and they're hiding down in the herbology department or in the herb books waiting for uh, Madame Pince to leave. And I like it. When she finally leaves, Ron's like, oh, finally, I thought I was going to freeze to death down there and Neville would find me in a couple of weeks. And Terry's like, yeah, only Neville ever comes down here. He'd be the only one to find you. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Oh, I bet there's a couple of Ravenclaws in her mind that go down there, too. Probably. Yeah, but Neville would probably be the first one. Probably. Very true. So they've gone in and they've found D is not just for dark arts. Directions for dealing with Dementors to Death Eaters. And so they're going to check this one out. But I love it that Ron's like, okay, I think we should just keep this all the time. And Harry's like, yeah, until you forget to renew the spell on it that keeps it quiet and everybody shows up to expel us because it's screaming bloody murder. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> Guess that's Can a good you way picture to get your that? Li- it's a good way to get your library books to go back to the library. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You come back from class exactly. and the books are screaming, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you can you imagine if the period like spires at midnight of whatever day and everybody's all asleep and suddenly this book starts screaming? That's funny. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> and before they can leave, they get interrupted by bang, flop, 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 bang, flop, 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 flop. And they're like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. So they're going to check the map, but they can't check the map because then the light will be seen. So they can't do that. And then we hear, beepsy. And yeah. he's singing and banging the books. 
They think that Peeves is not that smart, so just take this show book of art. But smart I am in many ways. I'll outsmart Finch on any day. Astronomy and worlds afar, I'll make the beasties all see stars as he's throwing the books. Steady, steady every day. Oh, no, no, no. I'd rather play. Yeah. You can just see him throwing the books around and zooming around and just having a grand old time. God, he must be so annoying. <laughs> And then, of course, Filch comes in and yells at him. Right. Peeps! Oh, if you weren't already. I know. Yeah. And then he rushes into the restricted section and goes, and the boys are there, hidden under the cloak, but that's not going to work too much. So they're going to try to make a run for it, only it's really hard to make a run for it in the visibility cloak, because your feet show. Yeah. And Ron is... Noise. And if Ron is six, is six feet tall, it's probably yeah. really short. Uh-huh. Yeah. He doesn't see Peeves like he thinks he's going to. He sees two sets of legs from the knees mm-hmm. down, running away. And he's like, hey, you there, stop, or you'll wish you had. Like, right. they're going to stop. Yeah. yeah. He's going to go, stop, and they're just going to stop. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, who does that? Nobody. But they're really smart. They get out the door, and they stop, and they freeze, and they let him go. Mm-hmm. So that works really well, except for pretty soon, as they're trying to get back, they find themselves sort of cornered. And I think these rooms are quite ingenious. The charmless, how do you say this? Corals? Carols. 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 The charmless carols where students can go in, they're completely charmed to be non magical. So students mm-hmm. can go in and practice spells and wand work without setting off things <laughs> so that they don't electrify their socks. Right. Or their shorts. I think it's also funny that they are probably also used as makeout spots. Oh, but, you know. But only the one with the because, broken lock. Because right. we didn't have the rule requirement yet. So, of course, we have to come up with something where the students can make out. Right. They have, you're, you're right. We don't think we had the room requirement yet. Nope. No. So, of course, you know, the students of Hogwarts need a place to go and make out. Right, of course. Right. And, of course, the twins are going to know where that is because the twins know everything, and they've shared that information with Ron. And there's only so many empty classrooms, you know. Right. Okay. Room closets. <laughs> And the astronomy tower gets, you know, used for class every once in a while, so then you got to find somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, There's already three neckties on the bottom of the staircase. Maybe we should find somewhere else to go. Let's try the third floor corridor. Yeah. (laughs) And you see another two ties. And he goes yeah. to the room closet in the fifth floor. There's another tie. Yeah. The seventh carol will work. Yeah. Which so is a good idea. Carol. I've always wondered how they do that. Like, if they want to practice a wand movement without seeing the words or maybe just saying the word. No, I thought this was a really ingenious thing. Yeah. So they get inside and they sit down and they reach for the Marauder's Map and then they, oh, I hope it works in here. These rooms are supposed to be magic free. Something is blowing across the microphone. Yeah. But it stopped okay. now. Yeah, right now it's good. Don't move. Okay. Oh, no. i just stay like this. Now oh, it's weird. gone. So they're inside, and they're trying to check out the Marauder's map, and they realize that there's a little bit of light coming in. Mm-hmm. They didn't think they'd be able to see it, but now it's kind of glowing. And there's something coming at them that has a really long name. <sighs> Who could it be? Mm-hmm. And Filch is going to intercept them at any moment, and oh no, it's Hermione! And Ron's yeah. first thought is, well, she deserves what she gets out there spying on us. But he can't. He can't let her get caught. So he's... And- 
Harry turns on him because he's just being prick to Hermione because he has problems. <laughs> and like a boy, you know, he takes it out on the very first person who just so happens to be her. So well, um, he so he grabs her, leans out, grabs her, drags her into <laughs> drags her into the corral. Kicking mm-hmm. and screaming and fighting like a young dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, like he says, it's just like his brother Charlie had described, except for there was no fire breathing. But you know what? With Hermione, there might be fire breathing coming next. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Look out. And he's trying to get her to be quiet, and she's just fighting for everything that's worth. And finally, he gets, finally, Harry's like, Hermione, it's us. She's like, oh, okay. And she kind of calms down. And they tell her Filch is on his way. And these rooms are just tiny. Yeah. With this one little bench. And so the two boys can sit okay side by side, but she's got to sit on one of their laps because there's no room for her. And she's ended up in Ron's lap. Conveniently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She tells him, well, I hope it's okay. Go, your legs go to sleep. Don't give me a bad time about it. She's just like, not now. <laughs> and they can't get the cloak out because it's pinned underneath them. And they're just going to sit there and try to be really quiet. Mm-hmm. And here comes here. Filch. And they can use magic inside this one because the lock is broken. And because the lock is broken, the magic charm is also not working. At least that's because they've hope. well, they've used the Marauders map inside, and all I can think of was what happened to what was the charm? Mufliato. Yes. Do they not know that one yet? <laughs> no, that one's on the sixth book. Okay. Because they learned it from the the book. Remember the potions yep, book. The potions book. Oh, that's right. So, so Filch is walking down the rows, jiggling doorknobs each time, and they're just sitting there waiting for him. And all of a sudden, Hermione realizes that they can see each other. So if he looks in, apparently there's like a little window that's mm-hmm. just like, I'm guessing it's kind of like a peephole in a door. Mm-hmm. But if he looks in, he's going to be able to see them because there's enough light in there to see. So now right. what are we going to do? Right. And they crowd up against the walls thinking that it's dark enough right against the very edge of the door that he, so won't, he won't be able to see him right but Miney's mm-hmm. like jammed up against the doorknob and if he jiggles the doorknob he might feel the resistance of her pressing against it so she reverses herself and now she's jammed up against Ron mm. poor Ron the things he has to put up with I know <laughs> poor 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 15 year old boy to be stuck with a girl mm-hmm. yeah and he's thinking to himself it must be a big brother sort of thing yeah right because it can be anything else at all no right sure and uh. he gets a hold of her hand and now he can hear her thoughts yes and she's telling herself she just needs to calm down. Felt she'll be gone pretty soon. And Ron's like, ah, I wouldn't be so sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, thank goodness Ron and Harry found me first. And that's when he realizes that he's actually in her head. Mm-hmm. And I, I like the fact that he goes not with Hermione. She doesn't want to listen to her thoughts. Right. And I think it's more of a privacy thing than, a, yeah. you know, I just don't want to be in a girl's mind. I think it's more because it's Hermione, because, you know, it's his good friend, not, nothing else, of course. Um, oh, well, that changes in a couple of seconds, uh-huh. actually. Yeah. Yeah, when she thinks about how much she likes him. Yep. And then now he's not only listening, now he's projecting. Right. And she hears him. Right. And she and hears him saying, I feel like that about you, too. And, yeah. <laughs> and now they're both, like, crammed together. You, you can just see them. They're, like, crammed Eyeball to eyeball. <laughs> with their like, heads oh turned God. opposite directions going. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I didn't think well, that. Did you think that? No, I didn't think that. Okay, we're, we're good, right? Once again, I think it's a strong emotion, but it's not until Ron screams in his head because Hermione has decided to give up. Right. It's not until Ron screams in his head that they kind of flinch. Right. She hears him. Yeah. She releases the hand. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of, I don't know how she figures it out, but she kind of realizes that they have to be touching. And she reaches for his hand mm-hmm. again. Right. And they share a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, thinking and coming up with a theory about what's happening. And she's going to test it. She's got a hold of his hand. And then Harry pretty much breaks the spell by saying, I think Filch is gone. Aren't you too tired of standing there all pressed up against each other? <laughs> oh, bad timing, Harry. Horribly no, no. bad timing. That was on purpose. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time so, I feel Jen. like Jen. I feel like Jen going when she wanted to kick Dobby in after the end. I kick him. I was like going, no, you burned it. Oh, when uh, they were in the when they were in Gryffindor common room. Yes, I yeah. just wanted to kick him. How could you kick <laughs> cute little Dobby? Because he ruined it. <laughs> Aww. And then we jump again. To Valeria. Valeria. Mm-hmm. And she's writing a letter to her grandmother because she's going to leave. That's what she's finally decided. Now that she's got mm-hmm. the whole story, she's got to go. Mm-hmm. And she writes a letter and sneaks into her grandmother's room and kind of looks at her one last time. And then she heads out the door. And I, this, there's this little part where she's walking out the door that she walks out the door and there's a baseball bat. And she kind of kicks it aside. And she thinks to herself, oh, those neighborhood kids. And she doesn't mm-hmm. think about it again. And she goes and joins... A ship that's setting sail for Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and right. the only reason that she's been able to get this job on this ship that's setting sail is because the cook was severely beaten by a baseball bat. Right. Mm, coincidence? I think not. Mm-hmm. So since she knows how to cook, they thought, oh, well, we'll just get this 17-year-old girl to do it. Well, she's lied to him. She's told him yeah. she's 19, and she's told him that she's had three other cooking jobs before. Mm-hmm. But it was a very opportune time, and she doesn't have any memory of what happened. But mm-hmm. the the Myrtas have sent her down to the stock because they were in control of her when she clobbered the cook. Yeah. I don't know if she clobbered the cook or not, because the there was a tattoo on the assailant's hand. Yeah, but when she wakes up, she has that tattoo on her hand. Oh, does yeah. she? Yeah, she knows. She grimaced at the image still visible on the back of her hand. Despite all the scrubbing she'd done to remove it, she stood and walked to the kitchen sink, using a stiff cleaning brush this time. She was determined to get it off, Uh, even if it removed the top layer of skin. That revolting image was always drawn somewhere during a blackout. Apparently, this time, she'd drawn it on herself. Yep. Okay. I missed that sentence. So. So, yeah. Because this this spirits, or uh, the dead ones, they're telling her where to go, and she was just denying them. And apparently they're becoming more impatient, which is what I think she says. Yeah, she's so, having blackouts almost daily now. Yeah, and um, so she's afraid that she will do something even more horrible. And so she, you know, and she wants to leave her grandmother, and she wants to find this boy and all this kind of stuff. So she just said, you know what, I'll just go along with it. Yeah, well, she's this place, her grandmother seems very comfortable, so she doesn't want to make her have to leave again. Yeah. And it's been, you know, oft, more often than not where she'll come home from school or she'll come home from somewhere and be met by the townspeople with boxes telling them to pack up and 
and leave. She right. doesn't want that to have to happen again. Mm-hmm. And so she's managing okay. She's cooking meals for them and everything. Mm-hmm. She's figured out that if she cooks a little bit ahead of the time, you know, prepares things ahead of time, if she has one of her episodes, she can lock herself in a room and nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. And she's she's been at sea for a while. And now she's decided she's going to go up and get a little fresh air before she goes to bed. Mm-hmm. She goes and she talks to the captain, I guess, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Captain Flaherty, that's, is that how you pronounce it? His name is pronounced Flaherty. 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 Because okay. he's Irish. Right. Oh, that's true. Flaherty. And he tells her, you know, and listening to this, it's like listening to Hagrid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. What I was thinking because it's that. It's well, it's that. It's yeah. that whole Rude yeah. kind of. A, mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call it, but that kind of a thing. So, and he's waxes poetical about Ireland and how wonderful it is. And tries to get some information from her, but she's fairly secretive. Mm-hmm. And she's just kind of enjoying the night when she starts to get dizzy. She's not sure if it's because of the motion of the ship or if she's going to have another blackout, but she doesn't want to take any chances. So she heads below deck to her mm-hmm. her little hole in the wall. This reminds me of Dobby's cupboard. Dobby creatures. Creatures, <laughs> creatures cupboard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we meet someone new that nobody ever wants to meet. Yeah. And she meets Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he tells her, you know, he's come all this way to meet her. He's known her for a really long time, and you're gonna, we're going to be seeing each other more often. We've been showing it to you for years. You are to find Harry Potter. She's like, who is Harry Potter? Right. And of course, Voldemort's like, uh, what do you mean you don't know his name? They haven't told you his name? <laughs> She's like, yeah, you don't have very good control over your name here yet. But well, and she doesn't speak English very much. She speaks Spanish. Right. She's learned a little from school and from radio. Well, being on the ship, too, because they all speak English. They're from Ireland. Right. Yeah. So she sees him, and he's this freakishly veined white blob with red eyes and slits for a nose. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we know who he is. And he tells her that Harry Potter did that to him. He's the one that made him like this, and he's truly evil. And she needs to find him so that they can rid the world of this evil. Right. Before he does this to someone else. And don't tell anybody about me, or you'll destroy the whole plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Voldemort, or Tom, at least in this little speech that he feeds Valeria, he talks about how Harry wanted all the power for himself. He yeah. stole the power from Voldemort. And I, I just thought, you know, Voldemort's twisted mind could probably come up with that answer that little baby Harry just stole his power because he was that greedy. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't me and my spell that backfired. It's just... It was him. It's all his fault. He's exactly. greedy. And I love her response because she's thinking to herself, if Potter was strong enough to take power for someone as evil as this guy, how evil must Potter be? Because oh, yeah. she can feel how evil he, you know, Wilmore is. And how frightening. I mean, it's bad enough that she's got the Dementors dogging her every step. But then to meet up with him. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, to be a muggle and not have any clue, anything about him, but just to know that he is evil down to her very soul. That's just got to be so awful. Yeah. And he wants her to gain his trust. So they, well, 
he can take advantage of that trust. Yes. They've engineered it so that Harry's going to somehow get to Ireland, which we know is because of the cannons. Guess what? The cannons are playing Ireland. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that a huge coincidence? Yeah. yeah. So they've orchestrated this whole thing to get her there so that she can lure Potter to them. Right. And Voldemort knows Harry. I mean, he knows Harry's character. He knows that if Harry, you know, sees a hurt bird, he's going to want to pick it up and nurse it back to health. So... I mean, this girl, you know, she's lost, no matter what. So she's horribly lost. She's lonely. She doesn't have a friend. She doesn't speak the language. I mean, he he knows that Harry is going to want to take care of her to make sure that she's going to be right, and he's going to take he's going to take advantage of that. Right. There's even a bigger twist here because no one knows that Ron has any contact with her. Right. Mm Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, Ron barely does. So far, yeah. And well, and Harry does too. Harry, Harry's he told Harry about all of the episodes he's had. Mm-hmm. So, but Harry can make sense of it, you know. Yeah, there's any no, more than Ron can. There's no sense to it right now because they don't know who any of these people are. Right. He just knows that, that he's been in someone's mind, and she's terrified and screaming, and the dementors he can are, tell the yeah. dementors are all around her. Right. But it's the same. I mean, like I said before, when Ron connects with Valeria, the fact that he can feel them, but he can't see them, like he realizes. Well, that's because terrifying. he's looking through her eyes. And she right. Can't yeah. See them. Right. But the thing that gets me is, why isn't anybody around her affected by the Dementors? Yeah. At all? They seem to be just feeding on her. Yeah. They're just fixated on her. I mean, yeah, I understand that she's had. A connection there, but there's got to be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? if, if they're around, I mean, they there must be some sort of reaction, but we don't know because we don't know if it's like it's a telepathy link yeah. or you know if he's just feeding all this stuff to her mind or we just we don't know that that well, thing because it also, had to have gotten worse over the last like six months because he was so weak before the ritual to bring him back mm-hmm. and now he's back and he, that's got to be you know it's been the probably the worst six or eight months of her life you know right yeah she says that they i mean she even says that they have been increasing and it just reached this plateau where she has to do this because i mean the only thing she doesn't want to help Voldemort. she doesn't want to go meet harry she just wants this horrible things that are happening to her to go away right we start on our last chapter for this episode. It's called Changes. And we find out that Ron has a temper. <laughs> Go fig, red hair. Because hmm. yeah. we didn't know that before. <laughs> and he's trying to learn how to conjure a Patronus. And instead of having a happy thought, he's having Mad. angry thoughts. <laughs> he's throwing <laughs> chairs around. And Harry's huh. just like fed up with him and leaves. And he's like, Harry, wait, <laughs> wait up. Why do you mean to do it again? Well, I figure he just couldn't do it like the first two or three tries, and then he gets more and more and more frustrated yeah. until his head just, like, explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. <laughs> and he's trying to explain himself. He's like, it's just, I keep trying to concentrate on my good thought, chant the spell, and just when I think it seems I'm getting somewhere, I get this other thought that it's never going to work because it's me doing it, and the whole thing falls apart kicks the wall, knocks down a chair again, you know. And so busting like, a chair is going to help. Whoa, it helps me. And that just, <laughs> and I laugh because that made me think of, of the monkey in uh, 
in Pirates where uh, Jack shoots him. He goes, you know, that doesn't work. He can't, the, because the monkey can't die. Right. And he goes, well, it helps me. So he <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, God. So, and so now he's gone upstairs and the girls are like, well, and he's like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> go away. <laughs> he's just, yeah. And he's, they go up and they're having this conversation, but they can't actually have the conversation where anybody can hear it. So they're like talking in code. Right. And, you know, it's just really funny because they're like, and da 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 da, muffins, you know, trying to come up with a word instead of like, dementor. Bagels. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I only came up with muffin because of the password to get into yeah. the common word. Twit, twit muffin. Twit muffin. <laughs> uh, oh, dear. And the reason he's so upset is that the emotion things happen to give a Jenny, and he knows that it's really Dementors, and they're there, and what if I can't protect her? Yeah. You know, something's going to happen, and what if I can't protect her? And Hera's like, you know, dude, Jenny pretty much can protect herself. Yeah, she doesn't need you. But he's in big brother mode, and that's not... Exactly. Uh, she's still, they're all still really young. So. Jenny is, the, is still the youngest. So, and... All these things just happen to. I mean, this is this is what fifth year, right? Right. So I mean, I'm sure. You know, we we don't really see Ron. I guess care that much about what happened to Jeannie on her first year. So I'm guessing that whenever he feels that he has to protect her, he latches onto it. You know, with Jeannie's boyfriend. Well, and and I think that after what happened to her in her first year. I'm sure that he probably had that pounded into him by Bill mm -hmm. to no limit. I mean, yeah. What's wrong with you? And Why sure, the same? I'm yeah. sure the twins are very watchful too. Like I'm sure the, the twins don't go and you know threaten to beat whoever for looking at Jenny. But I'm sure they watch her closely. Well, at the same time, though, the thing was that Ron and Jenny were the two that were closest because they were only a year apart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and she's the youngest and he was the youngest. And, and yeah, I mean, you have that pounded into you. What's wrong with you? Why didn't you watch your little sister? Right. Mm -hmm. She was in trouble and you didn't do anything. So, yeah, yeah I'm, that's probably why you have, you go from one extreme to the other. Now he's in the over the top mode. Mm -hmm. So. We know that he does go over the top a lot anyhow. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a far stretch. No. Well, he's very protective of everyone. I mean, he's protective of his brothers, even, and of Harry. He's very protective of Harry. It's not surprising that he'll blow his top off for Jenny. That's true. So Harry excuses himself and goes up to bed because he's just had it. And Ron says, Because Ron sitting next to Hermione when he was acting like that, it was like a train wreck waiting to happen. <laughs> it was like, but guess what? The train wreck is going to happen. <laughs> of course it does. You know, and you can't look away. No. <laughs> you just know he's going to open his mouth and insert both feet. Mm -hmm. yeah. At the same time. Mm -hmm. So, and th that's exactly what happens. He sits down and opens up the book that they've pilfered from the restricted section. And he's smart enough to, you know, use the charm on it so that 
It doesn't make any noise, but Hermione still sees it, and she knows immediately it's from the restricted section. And so she hisses at him and says, Isn't that from the restricted section? And he's like, Are you being a prefect again? And she tries to defend herself. She tries to just let it lie, I think. She just goes, I just wonder what it was, that's all. And he keeps on going. Well, it's none of your business, again. Yeah, because he's ready to pick a fight. Yeah. And, you know, she's like, I just want to help. And he's like, help? Why? Don't you think I'm smart enough? I know I'm not as smart as you, but then who is? I don't always need your help. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. We just lost her. Call her back. I would if I could find her. There she is. So it's rude. She says it says she's not online. She went completely down. Oh dear. Okay. We will wait. I will try her one more time here because she's still green for me. Connecting, connecting, connecting. Cricket, cricket, cricket. It's good to know that without Scott, we still have connecting issues. <laughs> Looks like she's back. All right, we're back and... At the train wreck. At the train wreck where... Ron. going off on her. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's trying, like, like uh, Abby said, she's trying to back off because she knows that he's upset and because she's got this knowledge from the Carol that they kind of like each other. Mm-hmm. And so she's going to try to work this in and we'll see what happens here. So... She's she's trying to, you know, say, hey, you know, we help each other like you helped me when Filch was looking for us. And, and he lies to her and says, well, it was Harry. Harry told me to do it. And I knew you were scared and I would have done that for any girl that was scared. And her face just falls. And she's like, you do all of those things for anyone? And he's like, and he's got this internal sign that's just going, don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Don't be an idiot. He's like, but he ignores yeah. it. Because <laughs> he's an idiot. Well, he's, yeah. he's pushing her buttons is what she's what he's doing. Yeah. And he knows he's pushing her buttons. Yep. And she knows that he's pushing her buttons, too. Right. And he, and he just can't stop. I mean, this is a problem with Ron. He doesn't have a filter from his brain to his mouth. Right. And so she walks off crying. And Ginny tells him to grow up, you stupid git. And she scoops up her things and leaves and just leaves him there by himself. And he's just thinking to himself, really, you are an idiot. <laughs> you know? Congratulations, you are an idiot. As if the big flashing sign on your head was not cool enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that big L on his forehead, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's getting bigger every second. Oh, God, I know. So then we move to a few days later, and he's, like, got no friends anymore. And Fred and George <laughs> decide to have a chat. No friends, I love it. And, yeah, I, I get a kick out of them because they are now the <laughs> Hogwarts. Yeah, they're in charge of Hogwarts go, rumor control. Yes. They're Hogwarts gossip columnists. Yes. <laughs> they're entertainment night for Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that would be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> And they well, found can out. you imagine Potter Watch being like the the radio show? Like oh, yeah. today at the ministry, Lucius Moss's wife and the scandal, you know that kind of thing. Yes, and I'm sorry, she, she uh, <clears throat> did it with Dobby, right? Oh my <laughs> god! Uh. Said, that's that's where Mal- <laughs> that's where Draco came from. Oh. That's where- <laughs> <laughs> I can Whether- tell Kelly Whether- hasn't seen it. Yeah, 
spoiler alert for a Harry Potter sequel if you haven't watched it. Yeah, we'll cut that out. <laughs> and I love it because they're trying to be all sly and going. We see you all alone over here, and we just came to say hi. And Ron just goes, what do you want? You want something. What do you want? Yeah. And they're like, well, we heard that you and Hermione were in Carol number seven. <laughs> what were you doing, Ronikins? You're not even sweet 16 yet. Mm-hmm. Naughty, naughty, naughty. And you know they're, they're shaking their heads and saying naughty, naughty, naughty. But inside they're just going, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and he says, how did you guys find out? Did Judy tell you? And then they're like, oh, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, oh. And he tries to dig himself out, which digs himself even deeper. Because he's like, we were trying to keep Filch from catching us. Well, yeah, that's a good thing. Oh, no, because we went to the library. Yeah, Miss Granger's favorite romantic place. (laughs) And he's like, we went to get a book uh, after hours. And yeah, we almost got caught. And yeah, that's all. And they're like, well. Carrie was in there, too. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Porno music's playing now. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's boom. Yeah, I think it's turn around. <laughs> the room's too small. <laughs> oh, now, now, come on. They use it. They don't usually use it for three, but it is what they use it for. Oh, homework. Oh, homework. I love these lines. Hey, it's a faithful secret. What have you been seeking lately, Harry? Find anything in Carol number seven? Something better even than a golden snitch? Uh, <laughs> Harry's like, oh. <laughs> oh, Harry doesn't know what's, what's going on. Yeah, I mean, he not. just watched. He just Harry watched wouldn't it. know what was going on if he'd been sitting in on the conversation. Probably. But he's usually clueless. <laughs> he's Harry. Dan. Yeah. So he goes over and joins Ron and he's like, what are they talking about? Ron's like, you just don't even want to know. He's like, okay, that's cool. How's the Dementor thing going? And Ron's like, you know, I think I need to be calm and concentrate and take it slow. And Terry's like, wow. (laughs) And he's like, what? Careful, Weasley. You might actually be taking something seriously. Who are you? And what do you did with Ron Weasley? That's right. Yeah. So, and we find out that that he's been talking with Dumbledore and his dad about the cannons match because he really wants Harry to go with him. But it means taking Harry out of the protection of this, that is the school. So they're having to get special permission to do it. And they'll know in a couple of weeks, like, oh boy, it's only six more weeks away, you know. The Chudley cannons. <laughs> to see his eyes get big. Oh, I think he has like a calendar and he's just crossing out the day. Oh yeah, he's doing he's doing like a, a countdown, like one we did for the movie. <laughs> he's doing the advent calendar. Yes, <laughs> an advent calendar. <laughs> oh dear. So, Charlie and his girlfriend are still coming because you know they're the chaperones, but we don't know about Hermione because yeah. yeah, they're fighting. Yeah, we have 115 days, two hours, 33 minutes. <laughs> 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 but Kelly's not counting. No, not that I'm not counting or anything. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Oh, oh, boy. God. We'll have to have you redo that count when this comes out. It'll be like two weeks, seven days. Yeah, probably. It so came far. out three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
Exactly. Yeah, really. By the time this comes out, if you haven't seen the very Harry, the Harry Potter sequel, too bad with the spoilers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that the the spoiler how you call it, period has expired by now. Yeah. So. Yep. Yep. I say we can assume we're gonna get along. So he's decided he misses Hermione and gulp. He's gonna have to apologize. And he hates apologizing. Yeah. Well, I don't think he much so much hate it's the apology, it's it's the fact that it's <laughs> Hermione. <laughs> yeah. And so he tries to do it one night and it doesn't work because the minute he sh- shows up, she leaves. Right. But he hears her say that she's going to meet Neville in the library. So, aha, he's got a plan. He's going to go to the library. And, and he's, he's going to corner her. her. Yeah, now yeah. he's stalking her. Ron, the stalker man. <laughs> and he sits there with this book in front of him pretending to read. Yeah, like anybody believe that. And he's, you know, he doesn't know what to do. He can't quite approach her because <laughs> she'll just leave. And she finally goes into the stacks by herself, so he goes to try to hit her. And she's trying to get a book off the upper shelf, and I so relate to this. Because you're short. I'm short. (laughs) I can see it, you know. She's trying to jump up and just barely tip it off enough that it'll fall out. And my trick is the um, breakfast cereal is on top shelf in our kitchen. Mm -hmm. There's no way I can reach it. So I get the longest knife we have and stab it. Pull it out that way. (laughs) Oh, my God. My breakfast cereal boxes have holes in them, but at least I can get them out of the cupboard. So, yeah, I totally relate to her writing here. See, what my mom does when we put things on the very top is... She reaches for the bottom of the box, mm-hmm. and she, she does the same thing. She uses a knife, but she doesn't stab things with it. <laughs> <laughs> she'll she'll slide the knife under the, the edge, edge yeah, and then pry it toward her. Yeah. But you see, you have to do that several times. Sue does it in one go. That's the thing. Yeah, but she does it in a non-Hufflepuff sort of way. <laughs> what the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> Well, I can't be Hufflepuffy all the time. You know, Sue, they've got these new inventions. They're called footstools that you can actually stand on. <laughs> I know, I know. But that's like, you know, I got to go find it, bring it out, figure out which way to set it up. Because I always want to put it up backwards. Yeah, it's easier we, to have, um, we have a cupboard in the kitchen. It's really deep. It's not that tall, but it's really deep. And my mom is short. If you open the, the door to the cupboard and it's right there, she can reach it, but if it's something to the back of the cover, she mm-hmm. can't. Mm-hmm. So she tries to jump, and it usually never works, but the good thing is that everyone else in the family is really tall. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of tall. I'm a little bit short of six feet, and um, my brother and my dad, they're both over six feet. So, so what she really usually call lazy, one of us. But What you need is a lazy Susan on that. Yeah. Yeah, that would cover. work. Yeah, that it could probably. bring stuff from the back to the front. We have one of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the thing. If it's right there, as soon as you open the cupboard, it's okay. But if you put it to the back of the cupboard, she has real trouble. Trying to, yeah. Uh, but if you have a lazy suit, you just have to spin it and you're back to, it's back to the front again. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I won't tell you how I get the salad spinner out. I don't want to know. Use a fork. Do you use a fork? No, I use a knife that's got a a hook on the end, kind of. Oh gosh! And stick it through. There's a handle on it. Oh, it hole, and it just it catches it. Really one of those to uh, it's one of those is, uh, to skin the fish, right? No, oh, it's a pretty knife kind of a thing. So, I've okay. used. Um, We're way off off course right. here. 
I use salad tongs sometimes yeah, to grab good. things out of the top. But I usually use this, the footstool so that I can stand on it and reach up there myself. Because it's next to the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, you're tall. You should. I know. It, so. But I still have cabinets that I can't reach them. Wow. So they're the top shelf of the cabinets. But yeah. We're way on course. Thick. Sorry. Oh, was there a thick? Huh. And we're almost done. Yes, there was. So Ron okay. reaches up and grabs the book. For her. For her. And kind of sort of boxes her in, too, the same way Malfoy did to Ginny. Yeah. But not so Maliciously. <laughs> and he says, can I talk to you for a minute? And she's like, no. <laughs> at him. Excuse me. Yeah. Because he blocks her in. And he's like, just one minute, one minute. And she's like, why? What good would it do? And then and Neville is there. Neville. No. He goes, Hermione, is everything okay? She's fine, Neville. Goodbye. But and Neville holds his ground. Yeah, until Hermione gives him the okay. Right. Which, yay, Neville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, you know he's just kind of waiting, just a little off wings, just making sure that everything's okay. All right. So, and she's like, okay, you've got one minute. Go. <laughs> and he, you know, and he's so funny because he's, like, trying to, to explain this, and he's just messing it up. I know mm-hmm. you're still mad at me, but it's stupid like this, he starts sincerely. So, basically, he just called her stupid. Mm-hmm. You know, and he doesn't get it. We've been friends a long time. We should be able to talk to each other. And she's like, yeah, well, I tried talking to you, and look what happened. And he explains that he was mad at himself, and he took it out on her, which mm-hmm. he tends to do. But he does talk her into a truce. Mm-hmm. And he he just kind of stands here for a bit while she goes back to Neville and studying, and he's just... Not sure, but then he's like, okay, cool, I've done it, and he kind of swaggers out. And I, I like this line from Hermione, when, you know, they they made their truth and everything, and she just goes, you know, Ron, sometimes it really hurts to be your friend. Yeah. And it's true, because Ron can be really hurtful. Well, we all, Ron can be a boy. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Definitely boy. Very true. You know, and I really like it. It's kind of like the, the line that Luna has on the book, too, where she says that Ron can be really cruel. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's true because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've had friends with that kind of temper. And, you know, sometimes it does go to Ron. It just depends on how you deal with it. But, but yeah, I mean, he can be awful and horribly hurtful. I mean, the Yule Ball and then after it with Lavender. I mean, there are examples in every single book about how hurtful Ron can be, especially to Hermione. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you have to also understand that the reason, a big reason for his lashing out, he is so trying to protect himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's had to grow up. Yeah, I understand Hermione's had to grow up with the fact that she's always been an outsider. But he's also had to grow up like that, too, because of his family. Right. And mm-hmm. so his lashing out to her and is also his reaching out to her. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of he's trying to protect himself. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it comes with all the, the insecurities that both of them have. Right. You know, and I'm not saying that Hermione is blameless because, you know, she gives as good of a get as she gets. Oh, yes, but, she does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just this combination of all these things and all these um, horrible insecurities that both of them have. And, you know, it makes for a very volatile relationship with which, you know, 
you're a Harry, uh, uh, Hermione, Ron, Chipper, you know, it's perfectly, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so then we have a scene change. Yeah. And he is having a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And Ginny is in his nightmare, and he is trying to protect her and can't. But he did not have. Right. right. And there, the dementors are there. And they've grabbed her throat and they're lifting her towards their mouths for a kiss. Right. And he wakes up screaming. Absolutely mm-hmm. screaming. And it says a lot that the doormates are all asleep. Used to Harry waking up screaming. Yeah. But this doesn't even phase them. Right. Yeah. And well and he, he and he goes downstairs. He goes yeah. downstairs to warm up and Here's Hermione. Yep. Because, of course, she's heard somebody come downstairs again, so she's doing her prefect duty and coming down to check it out. And uh, I, I like him. He's, instead of getting snotty about it, he's like, I know you're supposed to check, but do you get any sleep at all? <laughs> of course, when people go to bed and stay there. Yeah. Hermione already has the uncanny ability to hear people in another room. It's kind of like you could be totally, totally, totally asleep. And as soon as your child starts to go, mm, mm, you wake up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or your dog. Yeah. With the dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. You know that sound. That's just a subconscious sound. It pulls you yeah. right out. That was me this morning. Uh-huh. I was like 930 and I hear, mm, mm, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm on the bed. And she's over there. Blah. You know. oh, yeah. That's me, with my, that's me with my dog, too. I can hear him. I'm out, you know, I'm parking the car outside or something, and I can hear him already, like, running down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I heard him barking earlier, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably my dog, because I locked him out of the room. (laughs) Aww. So, Uh, he tells her she can go back to bed because he's okay now. And she's like, what do you mean you're okay now? Yeah. He tells her about the nightmare, and uh, he, you know, he says, "I thought that's that's Harry's speciality." And he's like, "Yeah, no, it's my turn for the creep show." And she's like, "Ah, oh, Trelawney's predictions are getting to you." And he says, "Yeah, no, not really." And then he says, "It's a really long story, and you don't want to know." And she's like, "I don't feel sleepy, and we're friends. Let's talk." So mm-hmm. she sits down on the couch, and he tucks the blanket up around her. Mm-hmm. She's ready to listen, and he pretty much spills his guts. Yeah, he tells her about his vision. And now it's, and we have a scene change again, and it's Saturday now. And it's the next morning, right? Yeah. Up, and they were up most of the night, talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was. it's actually two days away, because he says he slept well last night, but he was still tired from the night before. Mm-hmm. So. Ah. Oh, yeah, that's true. And, okay. uh, you know, they're talking to Hermione, and, and she's, like, just sort of sleeping. <laughs> well, she's like, doing her homework. You doing your homework? And he, Hermione, and she's like, huh? What, huh? Why are you doing your homework so early? And she's like, yeah, I thought I could do it early because I want to do something fun afterwards. A special project. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Have you been tested for the mental condition of yours? Yeah. yeah. Because they, they just don't understand that research can be fun. No, they don't. <laughs> They're boys. <laughs> yep. And she says, you know, come to the library. I, I want to show you something. I remember this wizard. Well, muggle, too. And bring Harry. And, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, I should be interested, but I'm basically just confused. And so she says, you know, it's about what we talked about the other night. And he's like, oh, okay. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, he's like, you're the best. Because he's, you know, figured out that she's doing this just for him. Yeah. 
Which made me think of, because I'm just in that mode right now, I'm stuck in circuit mode of, of, in ABPM when Harry said say, and he goes, you're the best. Right. Was that like winning miles? No, the one that I get is the, uh, you know, Ron, sometimes you can be really sick. Mm-hmm. You don't think you can do this by yourself, do you? Yeah. Right. Oh, this is bad. Oh, yeah, that's what I thought it was. What? <sighs> Red Robin Red on my TV. Don't, Yum. don't look. It's Red Robin on my TV. <laughs> oh, and it's the Red Robin burger with a fried egg on it. Ooh, that sounds so good. Good. <laughs> All right, now you're making me hungry. Sorry. Yeah, stop it. You know, I told you I'd be back from the paint store in, in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It took them an hour to mix the paint. Oh, brother. I got home what? at 5.15. We threw leftovers on the table, and I was just finishing up at like 5 to 6. Well, I had a macaroni and cheese and a donut for dinner. Oh. Uh, I so I'm, like, dinner I'm like really hungry. <laughs> I had cauliflower soup. It was quite You haven't eaten dinner yet? Is that what you said? Yeah, I haven't eaten dinner yet. I have some pizza, I think. Well, we're almost finished, so we should finish up so you can eat. Yeah. So she heads to the library and the boys head off to the Quidditch pitch. They're um, late. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And they, uh... And Ron hasn't asked Hermione if she's going to Ireland with them for her birthday. No, he forgot to ask her, but he's got a feeling that she might just want to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they realized how late they were, and down the hill they rushed. Mm-hmm. So Surprised you didn't take the broom. Well, yeah, you can do that, I guess. They are going to Quidditch practice. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's like having a skateboard on inside the school, I think. Yeah. Well, this is outside. Very true. But you know, I when I started this, I I thought, okay, this is a little different than what I'm used to reading. But I liked it, I, and I have gone a few chapters beyond this, and I really did get hooked, and was really disappointed that my text reader and iPod are not working together at the moment, so I can't get any further than I'm already at. <laughs> so I like this Ron. I think that she's got a good feel. On him, you know, we've got the anger, which you know is going to be there. And also mm. the stupidity that is usually somewhere in Ron. Teenage. <clears throat> yeah, teenage angst, stupidity. I like the idea of him having this power where he's, you know, tapping into this. I've seen this with Ginny on, is it After the End? Where she had this kind of... Um, she didn't have this so much. She she was picking up on... More emotions, yeah. and he's actually hearing Voices. thoughts. Yeah. Right. But that's the only, really, the only other one that I've read where it's been anything like this, so that's kind of interesting. Well, no, I guess I read, is it Psychic Serpent? Mm-hmm. No. What's the what? one where um, the bar, it's the barb one. Didn't he have, oh. or is it the Lavender Brown? I'm really La- confused. In, in Lavender Brown, he's, he's a seer. Well, it's it. not in the first one. He's a seer, right. Yeah. And Jenny was also an impact. So... Yeah, he's not an empath, I don't think, in this one. He's Mm-mm. he's just, he's hearing things. And it's when people are projecting strong emotions. Big emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited. Like I said, I, I think I maybe read the first chapter, or maybe the first two or three mm-hmm. chapters of this a long, long time ago, because I the first chapter seemed really familiar to me, and then afterwards, not really. But I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see where all of this goes and how Ron is going to react to it and how Harry is going to react to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, because we all know how Ron, 
I mean, it's a big thing when Ron has these special abilities, which is not something that I see very often. Um, and I always like to see how the authors uh, write out his reaction to him finding out he had this ability. Right. You mean instead of being the sidekick? Yeah, just playing out, playing mm-hmm. along. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where this is going to go and how it's going to all play out. So I'm excited about next week. I am. <laughs> I, I really want to follow Valeria's journey, too. I think it's interesting. I mean, to see. I hope she doesn't turn out to be evil because that would make me really, really sad. But, you know, how she needs the trio and how she will deal with this, you know, with Voldemort doing her orders and all this kind of stuff. Because I hope that she's going to care for the trio. I mean, obviously they're going to become friends because that's what Voldemort wants. But, um,. I'm excited to see how she, that internal battle that I'm sure is going to be in her because, you know, she's going to like these people. Who doesn't like Harry? <laughs> Besides Draco Malfoy. Right. Well. The only reason he doesn't know, like Harry is because he's jealous. Draco Malfoy right. is an elf, so he doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're all f***ing elf! Oh, God, that I why do you have to put that image back in my head? Oh. <laughs> then you don't want to know about Umbridge and the Centaurs, do you? Ah! No! No, this is impossible! I am invincible! <laughs> I love Umbridge! I know! She, isn't he awesome? He's awesome. Oh, he is <laughs> so funny. I know. Lucius, I mean, I was totally into all the bad guys in this one. Well, I know. Draco's always awesome. Did someone say Draco Malfoy? And, mm-hmm. and Lucius was great. And Who do you think you are? We don't stand a chance against the wizard cops. Not even you, Lucius Malfoy. I like the center too. Oh, oh, what marvelous strength. Rapturous <laughs> <laughs> day. Finally, I may have found someone powerful enough to survive coitus with the centaurs. Yeah. Sorry, Kelly. A little, <laughs> little Potter musical going down here. We'll stop putting images in your head, I promise. Thank you. <laughs> so these were the first seven chapters. Yes. We have 26 more to go, and they are of various lengths. Short, long, short, long, short, long. But uh, we will be back next week with our story. You can find the link to the story in our show notes, hint, hint. And um, it is on Sugar Quill. Uh, I don't know if it's available anywhere else except Sugar Quill. I don't think we said what rating it was. It is rated PG-13 for mature image imagery for anything. There's no, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. But, you know, there's some, yeah. down the line according to the author, but I don't think it's... But, yeah, it's not like Lavender Brown where, you know... No, no, it's not like that. The theme of this chapter, though. Right. It's not, yeah. So, but I think we're all done for the week. Yep. Go ahead. I just was restating that I'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes from here. Me too. (laughs) Well, hold on, because it's quite a roller coaster. Are we getting ready for a bumpy ride? We will have a bumpy ride, and it's not, it's both emotional bumpy ride and physical bumpy ride. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff coming up, and, okay. and well, it gets it, a little 
convoluted. So. Well, I like it. It wouldn't be fun if it wasn't. You know, I, yeah. I think there's a lot of story here, so I, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah. Good Go night. ahead and close her up. Good night, everybody. Good night. See you next week. Good night. Yep. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.